Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. Yeah, be careful if you're out and driving around. And if you could uh, prevent it, just don't go out on the roads. and keep seeing reports about how things are getting bad. So we'll continue to bring you updates on that. Joining us for this half hour is the Prime Minister for the East Turkestan government in exile and to speak about some of the crimes that are going on in China with the Uyghurs. Joining us is our guest, Sally Hudayar. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Thank you for having me. Now, I was hoping that you might be able to explain the geography of the area we're talking about because when we talk about East Turkestan, and then sometimes you hear it reported uh, Xinjiang. Uh, can you kind of give us an idea of the area that we're looking at? Yes. Uh, East Turkestan was invaded and occupied by China in late 1949, um, and the Chinese renamed it to Xinjiang, which in the Chinese language means colony or the new territory. Um, it borders uh, Central Asia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, uh, Tajikistan to the west, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India to the south, Russia to the north, Mongolia and China and um, Tibet to the east. Right. Now, just recently, last week, the BBC put out a pretty big article and it was very emotional of what was going on with the prisoners uh, that are going on in that area. And we're talking about a, a group of people known as the Uyghurs, where they are being forced against their will, not committed a crime, brought into these uh, internment camps um, and just some terrible, horrible things that are being reported inside of these things. Um, in fact, I, you go back until last summer, and this, is in, in any, uh, this isn't anything new. I mean, some of these things have been reported on for some time, and even forced labor, slave labor in China has been reported on for decades. I wanted to talk to you about about your role in trying to stop this and the things that you're doing and, to, and really what you're doing here in the United States to try to bring some change to that? Um, since 2017, 2018, uh, when these mass internments have started, uh, we began to lobby the U.S. Uh, Congress um, to initially start off with a Uyghur uh, uh, Act in the U.S. Congress, which we were able to get past, um, uh, actually, this past uh, summer, um, President Trump had uh, signed it into law. Um, then we also 
asked the United States government to recognize the atrocities as a genocide um, because essentially what China is doing fits the definition of genocide defined under the uh, UN Genocide Convention. And this was uh, uh, successfully, we achieved this um, with the uh, the Trump administration um, on their last day, uh, recognizing this as a genocide. And this has been uh, confirmed or affirmed by the uh, current um, Biden administration. Um, and we're also asking the U.S. government to recognize, uh, you know, China, uh, East Turkestan as an occupied country. Uh, we're trying to get the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, which is currently stuck in the Senate, passed and uh, into law. Uh, we're also uh, have a case against China at the uh, International Criminal Court. And uh, we're trying to get other governments um, across the world to recognize the atrocities as, as genocide and uh, take action to essentially, you know, put an end to this genocide. In a lot of ways, uh, standing up to China, uh, one entity that is just huge economic power, world power, and a lot of countries have shied away from it, including the United States for many years, didn't want to seem to wake up that uh, that sleeping giant or whatever you want to call China. And eventually it took the Trump administration to come in and say, no, we're going to call out these atrocities as we see them. And there has been some progress there. Do you think the rest of the world is starting to wake up to what's going on in China when it comes to these prison camps? Um, the U.S. has played a, uh, a very important role in shedding light on these atrocities. Um, the rest of the international community, um, they, they all know what's going on. Um, it's, again, are they willing to take the action and, uh, you know, uh, disrupt their economic relations with uh, China? That's the issue. Um, in the U.K., we have a genocide amendment um, that is, you know, stuck in the U.K. Parliament as well. Um, we're, you know, the Canadian government. Parliament recognized the atrocities as a genocide, but the uh, Canadian government as a whole has uh, yet to recognize the atrocities. Um, and largely the Muslim world, uh, which the people of East Turkestan, Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and the Turkic peoples are uh, majority Muslim people, um, they have been reluctant to even uh, criticize China uh, on even like a, uh, uh, a diplomatic level to even state that what China is doing is an atrocity. In fact, um, they have been praising China's so-called efforts of, you know, counterterrorism, um, you know, at the UN. Mm. Help me understand again what is, what exactly is going on and, and how this started, because, uh, you know, I read the BBC article and from what I understand, there was an incident that involved some Uyghurs, and then the Chinese government saw it as a way to try to collect as many as they could in inter internment camps. Um, th so basically taking people that have committed no crimes and putting them in and, and then uh, torturing, raping, I mean, just terrible actions, forced labor. Um, there's uh, propaganda going on trying to wipe their minds. And uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of history of how this all started and what's going on and, and how many people this affects. Um, this actually, contrary to what is uh, what the people, you know, what many people believe, this has actually been going on for, you know, almost a, over 100 years. Um, really, in 1884, you had the Manchu Qing Dynasty 
invade East Turkestan and occupy it, uh, renaming it to Xinjiang. Um, in 1912, the Qing Dynasty fell, and it wasn't really until um, 1930s the people of East Turkestan declared independence. Um, in 1933, which was uh, overthrown uh, due to Soviet intervention, then we declared independence once more in 1944 as the East Turkestan Republic and maintained it until uh, December 22nd, 1949, when the Chinese communists invaded and overthrew the East Turkestan Republic. Um, this is a systematic you know, campaign of colonization and slow motion genocide that China has been waging. Um, but it's only been recent, uh, following 2014, um, China began, you know, it became a global superpower. And seeing that the international community would no longer, you know, uh, you know, uh, be able to stand up to it or be willing to stand up to it. China thought this as a green light to, you know, take out this final solution, to implement this final solution to deal with, you know, the, the problem that they have been facing um, regarding keeping East Turkestan under its control. Um, so in 2014, they initially started off uh, arresting, you know, young men um, between the ages of 15 and, the, and 45 on the basis that they were prone to become radicalized or prone to rebel against the state. Um, and the international community did not give any type of response whatsoever. In fact, the international community was silent. Then in 2016, 2017, the Chinese government started having, you know, other countries in the Middle East deport their Uyghurs, their Uyghurs from Central Asia and parts of the Middle East as well, including Turkey. and Again, no international response whatsoever. Then, towards the end of 2017, they started, you know, interning all, you know, people from all walks of life, male, women, children, um, on the basis that, you know, they were fighting against, quote, counterterrorism, uh, against terrorism, extremism, and separatism. And it wasn't really until the end of 2018 that the uh, the Trump administration began to uh, raise this issue. And then um, seeing that, you know, the camps had expanded and that it was continuing, um, the international community felt that it was, it was a time to, you know, respond. So that's where we are. I'm kind of curious where you think uh, things should go, because we've seen a couple of steps in that direction where your work is starting to show that people are turning and understanding to this. Do you mind after the break, we can talk about what you would like to see happen and the way that you would hope this could play out? Well, maybe Absolutely. if you don't mind holding. Yeah. So right after the break, we'll do that. And joining us here is Sally Hudayar. He's the prime minister for the East Turkestan government in exile. And we're going to speak more about what's going on in China when it comes to those internment camps of the Uyghurs and other uh, factors of international uh, incidents coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. And that's where we uh, are tonight on KMOX Radio, 1120 a.m. You can get this online, too. It'd be great for you to look up the podcast. And on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio, joining us for another segment is the Prime Minister for the East Turkestan Government in Exile, Sally Hudayar. Thank you again for spending this time with us tonight on KMOX. Thank you for having me. So we learn and more and more people are getting turned on to what is going on inside of these internment camps and, uh, you know, estimates 
well above a million for the amount of Uyghurs that are being held against their will and they haven't committed any crimes and just these terrible atrocities and things that are happening to them inside of these camps. And, you know, some of which I had to put a disclaimer when I talked about this last week, this BBC story, I had to put a disclaimer at the start of the segment because I was so worried that there might be children or things that may be listening to this or maybe uh, listening back to the podcast. And there's just some things that you don't, you have to talk about, but at the same time, you know, are just very terrible and heart wrenching the, the situations that people are going through. So you've been trying to do what you can, and there have been some progress going on, at least on the legislative side in the United States and some other locations too. I was hoping that you can tell me where you think this needs to go. What's the, what's the next steps to take in order to try to turn and stop this from continuing to happen in China? Yes, uh, one of the first things now that the U.S. government has uh, recognized the genocide, they need to actually implement uh, U.S. law, especially uh, Section 1091 on on the uh, on genocide. Um, this would mean that it needs to, you know, prosecute uh, Chinese diplomats here in the United States, including their ambassador, um, for a genocide that it's committing um, in East Turkestan. Uh, secondly, we urge the you know the United States and other countries to support our case at the International Criminal Court, and uh, also to file a parallel case at the uh, International Court of Justice. Uh, thirdly, the United States and other countries need to boycott the uh, Beijing 22 Olympics, 2022 mm-hmm. Olympics, um, because. Uh, it's 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 morally uh, wrong, you know, to you know attend the like we shouldn't be doing making the same mistake that the world made in 1936 by you know attending the uh, Berlin Olympics while you know the Nazis were engaging starting you know the Holocaust. Um, we sh- we shouldn't be rewarding China. Thirdly, uh, fourthly, uh, we ask that the United States, you know, recognize. Uh, East Turkestan as an occupied country and other countries as well by bringing up, you know, the uh, East Turkestan issue, especially the genocide at the UN Security Council. And uh, therefore, it would make China's, you know, uh, control over East Turkestan uh, illegal and a violation of uh, international law. Um, There needs to be strong actions taken because uh, small, you know, diplomatic demarches, and sanctions here and there are not going to uh, cut it because there have been numerous sanctions already on China and Chinese officials over this, but uh, China doesn't seem to be at all moved by it. Hmm. You're t- it's interesting about the Olympics because when the story came out last week, it was a one year before the Olympics were going to launch in China, and it, it made me wonder what kind of things would go on. And, and think about this journalist or whoever may be traveling in order to cover this sort of thing. And there's always different plots that are covered about the host country. And there's some very serious things that would shine a light onto China, even if the Olympics happen. Maybe this would be the one thing that would bring the brightest light onto the atrocities that are going on there and take away from the games themselves. Sure. But that could be the thing that educates the most people in order to try to get some change to go on there. Absolutely. I mean, the best thing would be is for the free world countries like the United States, you know, EU, Australia, Canada, 
Japan and others to uh, not only boycott it, but to request, you know, to put pressure on the International Olympic Committee to uh, relocate it to a different country uh, that's not engaging in genocide. Yeah. So that's where we're at. And I know that you spend a lot of time in Washington, D.C., and you use that time to try to uh, lobby and talk to different members of Congress. I know that you protest and do things to try to bring more awareness. Um, so what's if you could explain to me again, what is being held up in the Senate right now that hasn't got the vote? But most likely, if they were to vote on it, it would get passed. Um, the yes, it would, because uh, the, it passed the House overwhelmingly. Um, the only thing that's holding it up right now is companies like Apple, um, Costco, Coca-Cola, Nike, and others are actually lobbying against this bill because these companies are complicit. Um, they're involved in the, you know, the forced labor of Uyghurs and other Turkic peoples in East Turkestan. Yeah. And so just to make sure I'm, I'm understanding this correctly. So what it would do is it would compel that we would not uh, accept goods from slave labor. So what happens in places like China is that if there's different companies that are manufacturing goods there, sometimes that they will, uh, I guess, uh, barter out or they would uh, hire out some slave labor from these different prison and internment camps in order to get next to nothing uh, labor for almost at the zero cost. And then, you know, these large companies, they take advantage of things like that. And then the goods come back here to the United States. So essentially, the bill would make sure that we no longer accept goods that were made with slave labor. Absolutely. Um, and it would put a cost on companies that, you know, uh, continue to do this. Um, it would com It would compel companies to either, you know, divest into other countries or prove um, that they are not, you know, their goods or products are not made uh, with slave labor. Right. Now, if people wanted to learn more about the work you're doing and the things you've talked about in the interview, is there a good website for people to go to? Yes, they can visit east-turkestan.net. Um, they can follow us on social media at ET Awakening or ET Exile Gov. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and so forth. Great. Prime Minister for the East Turkestan government in exile, Sally Hudayar, thank you again for coming on, explaining, and spending time with us tonight in St. Louis, Missouri. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Very informative. And we've spent a, a couple of days, in fact, um, we, we had a guest on just last week that talked about slave labor and the goods that are made in China. And even then we talked in depth about the BBC article and the atrocities that are going on in these places in China. And it's just horrific to think about how people in particular women are treated in these things. So we look at it and, and with uh, Sally Hudayar, who just joined us here, we find that there are a lot of people fighting this and there are actively trying to fight and stop these type of atrocities from happening. I think it's very, very possible to, continue to see this sort of momentum. And one of the biggest things is you need to know that this sort of thing is going on. It's hard to imagine if anything similar would be happening, you know, it, like if it was in Canada or Mexico and these sort of things were happening, you better believe the United States would be interfering or in, in, intervening into that immediately. But since it happens on the other side of the world and it's 
lot of times out of sight, out of mind. You might see some foreign press agencies talking about these things, but we really need to make sure we understand that there are some terrible things going on in China. They are not friendly. They are not our friends. And as long as activities like this and they sanction and allow for these sort of things to happen, we're talking about, uh, again, do I have to put a warning on this? But when they take these uh, Uyghurs into these internment camps, they didn't commit a crime, but they round them up and put them in there. To the women that are in there, we're talking about sexual exploitations and gang rapes. We're talking about them getting in and having their minds uh, brainwashed mass surveillance, indoctrination. They're doing these to women, children, adults, seniors, the men and anyone else forced labor. And it's just terribly horrific in the conditions that they're in. This has got to stop. And I'm glad that there are people out there fighting it. And uh, I just thought, you know, we got to do this and we got to bring them on. And I'm glad we did. So big thanks to uh, Sally, who they are. He joined us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. They're playing basketball. Get ready for Billiken's basketball as they take on Rhode Island Wednesday night. Pre-game 745, tip-off at 8. Hear it here on your home for Billiken's basketball. KMOX. 
Yeah, it's Overnight America. We had some great guests. I learned that Adolf Hitler used cocaine eye drops. <laughs> wow. And then we get a text message. Someone texted in, you must remember, Franklin Roosevelt had his cocaine sinus flushed also. Um, that's interesting. So I had to message Rich Rubino and ask him, have you ever once heard of FDR using cocaine sinus flushes? And he said, no, never. I just Googled it. It looks like there's circumstantial evidence for that. Circumstantial evidence. I don't know if the presidential library would have that. But we're going to open things up if you want to give us a call. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Wow. I, you know, I wanted to bring up a few things in these uh, press conferences that are continuing with the White House. And Jen Paskey is the White House press secretary, the one that answers. I wanted to play this one exchange for you. And I just want to say the starkness between the way the two administrations worked. If you were to go on Twitter, this is what Twitter would say. Oh, look at Jen slapping down Fox News. Oh, she is. She is just like going in there and oh, man, she's putting them in their place. They're going on and cheering this sort of thing. But I want you to listen to the question, because when the executive order to halt the Keystone Pipeline went through on the very first day Joe Biden was in office, he goes out there and signs this. John Kerry comes out and says, don't worry, we're going to find new jobs and there'll be better jobs and they're suited for green jobs or whatever. So they were asking, I think, a question that is not only a fair question, but tell me if you can hear an answer in this. I don't think you will. So. Here is uh, the question. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. I do have a question on COVID, but first on energy. When is it that the Biden administration is going to let the thousands of uh, fossil fuel industry workers, whether it's pipeline workers or construction workers, who are either out of work or will soon be out of work because of a Biden EO, uh, when it is and where it is that they can go for their green job? And that is something the administration has promised. Uh, There is now a gap. So I'm just curious when that happens, when those people can count on that. All right. So keep in mind, they know that if they haven't already lost their job, they will, based on the executive order that came through intervening on these jobs uh, and the progress of the pipeline or any of these other oil jobs. So the question is, you said that if we're going to sign an executive order halting these things, you know, they're going to lose their jobs. But you said, oh, good news. They are well equipped in order to take on green jobs. Oh, wonderful. So where are they? So the question is, how long can they expect before they can pick up one of these green jobs you said would substitute the job that they are doing? Well, I'd certainly welcome you to present your data of all the thousands and thousands of people who uh, won't be getting a green job. Maybe next time you're here, you can present that. Wow. So her first, her first thing is, I'm just going to deny people are going to lose their job because of this. Right. So the the idea is maybe you can present who's actually losing their job. So anyone that's working in the energy field or anyone that knows someone and, you know, here in St. Louis, Missouri might be different. But if you go to areas that are a little bit north in mid-America, you're going to find a lot more of those type of jobs and people that move specifically for those energy jobs. And it might not just be the ones that may be working in construction or working the lines or whatever. It could be just people in that sector that are going to be affected by all of this with all of the regulation that is being pushed all of a sudden. So go ahead. Um, at first there is, maybe you could present some of those people. 
So completely obliterating the idea that people are about to lose their jobs. And even studies have come out talking about the thousands of people. But nonetheless, that they would be getting green jobs. So I'm just asking when that happens. Uh, Richard Trumka, who is a friend, longtime friend mm -hmm. of Joe Biden, says about that day one Keystone EO, he says, I wish he, the president, had paired that more carefully with the thing that he did second by saying, here's where we are creating the jobs. So. There's partial evidence from Richard Trumka. Well, you didn't include all of his interview. Okay. Would you like okay. to include the rest? So, so how about this? Uh, the laborers... Which, by the way, she doesn't know the rest of it either because she would have cited it, which she didn't. The rest? So, so how about this? Uh, the Laborers International Union of North America said the Keystone decision will cost 1,000 existing union jobs and 10,000 projected construction jobs. Well, what Mr. Trumpka also indicated in the same interview was that President Biden has proposed a climate plan with transformative investments in infrastructure and laid out a plan that will not only create millions of good union jobs, but also help tackle the climate crisis. And as the president has indicated when he gave his primetime address uh, to talk about the American Rescue Plan, he talked about his plans to also put forward a jobs plan. Uh All right. So just keep in mind, when they say this, there has been no plan. And there is no plan. And if you're someone that's going to be out of a job, there is no plan for you. And there is no job waiting for you. Don't hold your breath. Okay. Now, keep in mind, they could try to sugarcoat this sort of thing and saying, oh, in the future, we'll just have all these green jobs. It'll be wonderful. But it's not something that's going to hold anyone over. Because if they lost their job or about to lose their job, it's not sitting there waiting for them. The Biden administration made it look like this will be great. They'll just transfer over like it's some sort of, hey, a company takeover, but we're going to move you over to Albuquerque. doesn't work like that. And it isn't working like that. So this needs to be very well documented and pointing out that when asked the question, you promise these things to these workers. Keep that in mind. If you're a union worker and you work in the energy industry and you see the government hassling you, this is how this Biden administration is going to treat you. They're just going to say, don't worry, don't worry, but you should. <laughs> All right, let's take a couple of your calls. And John is holding the line. Welcome to Overnight America. Yeah, uh, I think there's a, a source that you might uh, look up, uh, and people should look up, uh, about the two subjects you've talked about tonight, about uh, uh, China and uh, Nazi Germany. Uh, okay. There's an article on uh, global research, globalresearch.ca, that is, and it's called... Uh, the Gladio Crimes of the U.S. Empire, Glad-I-O, phonetically, Glad-I-O Crimes of the U.S. Empire. And among them, it shows that the media in this country has been for decades and really documented by the Church Committee and the Senate and the Pike Committee and the Congress decades ago when people had a greater understanding of the dangers of uh, our uh, intelligence agencies like the CIA uh, and Operation Mockingbird was their code name for their massive infiltration of the media to uh, justify U.S. hostilities and interventions and wars against countries around the world. Uh, and uh, it, one of them uh, is, for instance, uh, the fact that uh, 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 well, I, I'd really like to go to China first as a subject. Uh, and another good article is uh, CNN claims against China are not credible. And that's a really a softball title for it. It really should be uh, CNN claims against China are total CIA BS. And I think if you uh, check these articles, you'll see that uh, 
There are many hydra-headed fronts of the Central Intelligence Agency that have infiltrated the media for decades to uh, manufacture uh, and incite uh, public uh, consent for U.S. hostilities, wars, interventions, and uh, 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 bombings of countries, an overthrow of countries around the world. And I think uh, that's what we're hearing when we have these uh, claims to uh, demonize uh, countries like China, Russia, uh, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela, mm. and any country that disobeys and refuses to uh, submit to uh, uh, servitude to the U.S., uh, uh, to Washington so, well, or, or U.S. big business. Well, just real quick, do you think that these things that are going on in China in these prison camps, these internment camps, they don't exist, or is that not your contention? I, I think that they are being uh, totally uh, uh, invented, yes, concocted, uh, uh, misinterpreted, and, and uh, invented and, um, and uh, exaggerated. Absolutely. Wow. And I think the okay, media so, in this country uh, yep. has uh, of an interest in, in this uh, new Cold Ooh, War. I don't know, but we're, we're talking millions of people are in these internment camps. So so you're saying that it doesn't exist, it's, it's just all made up? It, it's like Western media is making up that story? Very largely, and I think people are are being uh, really suckered if they don't realize that the CIA has even admitted under oath during the Church and Pike Senate and uh, Congressional Committees that they have many hundreds of uh, covert agents throughout the media, all the uh, talking heads that we see every night on the networks, the uh, uh, cable news uh, cast, uh, the radio, the television, the magazines have been lying us into these wars uh, because there's huge stakes. There's not only power, interest, and the uh, uh, the uh, 800 uh, to 1,000 bases the United States has around the world. Russia and China have uh, one or two outside their own borders, and yet we've been pounded into our heads that they're the ones that are trying to take over. And my yeah. entire life I've been uh, had that pounded into my head, my family's head, and uh, the Catholic Church, uh, grade schools and high schools that I went through, and the re- everything from the New York Times, the Washington Post, to the uh, Reader's Digest that filled our home every every uh, uh, every day, every week, with uh, articles that were actually written by the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, psychological warfare experts, to lie us mm, into okay. wars like Vietnam and Korea. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, John, thank you very much for your call. But I got to say, no, on this, uh, when it comes to China, no, uh, I, I cannot, I cannot um, go along with the idea that China is the good guy in this situation. And I think that we all know that. But if, if <laughs> this goes beyond the idea that we must question everything, but if we come to a conclusion that, well, actually, China doesn't have forced labor. Uh, they don't commit genocide. They haven't manipulated the rest of the world. And in fact, it is us that are being manipulated because all of these reports are completely fabricated and made up. And China is the one that's actually truthful. Um, goes against everything we know about China. Everything we know about China. It would be like saying that, no, 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 China never once lied about this virus coming out of Wuhan. They never once manipulated the numbers. They never once misreported it. They never once tried to collude and make it so none of this would ever get out. No, 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 no. They they would never do that because, you know, ultimately that's China and they're perfectly they're perfect angels that are, are never wrong. Now, let me put this too. 
and I would say this is one of those contradictory type of uh, moments when the Trump administration came in, his whole idea was we got to stop with all of these endless foreign wars. And how about that? In his four years, he didn't start any new wars. His way of handling other countries was different. His way of handling it was we're going to put an economic crunch on you. He's going to stand up to them and say things are going to get worse than uh, before it gets better. And we're not going to allow ourselves to go down this road where you're going to economically prosper. Um, and if you mess with us, don't uh, don't don't mess around with us because we will if we have to, because we got the military and we got the ability. But we're not going to start all of these wars over and over and over again, like every other administration has. And you know what? Diplomatic ties. Uh, they didn't like us because we play hard with them. But somehow we got it done. Uh, China being one of those countries and looked at all these different deals we made with other countries to try to put ourselves in a better position. And even when we started doing this, we talk about the the problems that these other countries have had. And it starts to wake up these other countries, too. They thought, wow, wait a minute. Hold on. You're telling us we can stand up to China. And other countries started to realize that we can get along with this. And look at what happened in the Middle East. We're starting to find even peace brokered in some of these areas based on the way that we've manipulated this sort of thing. It's not about trying to force your way in through military intervention to get whatever you want. We tried something different the last four years and look at, we made progress that way. So no, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a mechanism to, to start endless wars. It's not this or not that. And, and it's definitely not China as an angel by no means. So I, I don't know if there's anything I uh, agreed with you there on that last rant, but you know, I'm more than happy to hear them. Thanks, John. We'll take some more of your calls coming up after the break. It's Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Here we are in Overnight America. We'll take your calls. 314-436-7900. Be happy to hear from you. And let's go to Elvis. Welcome to Overnight America. Mr. Ryan. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, my friend. Listen, I don't want uh, your audience thinking that I'm calling to praise that, that terrible man, Adolf Hitler, because uh, everybody knows uh, the terrible things that was done to the poor peoples of Europe and by his terrible armies. Right. But I, the reason why I'm calling is I heard that about the, the cocaine and the eyeballs, and I've yeah. never heard that in my life. <laughs> I was shocked by that, and he was taking multiple drops a day, cocaine eye drops. Wow. Uh, I don't know what the yeah. uh, benefit that is other than the feeling or the sensation. I'm sure there wasn't any other reason for uh, it. Well, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but he, uh, Hitler, and his armies did methamphetamine in in uh, the war. So that's why they were uh, crazy in the head, because they do so much of the, the meth, and they'd get out there and they'd just kill whoever's in front of them. Yeah, I you heard know, like, about that, like, because it, yeah. it kind of offset their exhaustion in some sort right. of ways. It was used as a performance uh, drug. Right. And, wow. and like I said, I'm, I'm not praising anything that they did because, uh, the, the, you know, but that that that, that is I've, I've I've read that, heard that, and throughout the years of studying that that they did, like I said, the math. So, uh, let me read this to you. Have you ever heard of Franklin Roosevelt taking uh, cocaine sinus flushes? See, I heard that uh, just now, and uh, I know President Roosevelt was a sick man. Uh, because of the polio, you know, that he right. had. But but I, I didn't, he might have had sinus issues, but I've never heard of anything like that being done to him. 
I've never heard oh. that. But then again, yeah. uh, Rich Rubino, who I asked about that, said there's circumstantial evidence, maybe not direct. But either way, it is fascinating to hear different things that different presidents may have gotten themselves into. But learn something new every night here on Overnight America. Well, I, I got one more fascinating thing for you. This is about President Woodrow Wilson. Okay. Did, did you know that he took that, that, I'm sure you've heard of him, that Edgar Casey, that psychic, that, that man from like the 20s and 30s? No. Had, had him come to the White House and see what was wrong with Wilson's health, and the guy said, there is nothing wrong with you, or there is nothing can be done to you, Your ha- you have paralysis to set in, you'll be dead in like five years, and Wilson was dead in like three years. Oh, wow. No, I don't know that story. That's an interesting one, Yeah, yeah. One too. Uh, I mean, that, you know, like, like that Rich Rubino fella, fascinating stories that, you know, nobody really knows and you know until somebody like us call and talk you know <laughs> <laughs> i know how that works all right well good to hear from you elvis thanks for calling hey, in hey, thanks a lot buddy you take care now mr Ecker. you too we'll see you wow the things you learn on overnight america who knows what they're listening to all across the world right now as we know that some people can even listen to overnight america from places far far away camel x heard in Scandinavia, even, I got that one email where they recorded a show of Overnight America from, let's see, 500 miles north of also Norway. Wow, just absolutely amazing. Oslo, yeah, excuse me. But uh, Oslo, Norway, it's a little town called Trond, Trondheim. So he may be listening right now. If you are, welcome all our Norway listeners. We'll be right back. We'll take a look at your news coming up, too. It's Overnight America, KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 